I am going to instead become like a self-actualized adult who's normal and yeah. in touch with emotions. We just need more men to do that. 100%. It's kind yeah. of how like the virgin whore dichotomy for women. I think men's dichotomy is like king baby. <laughs> no, legit though. Because yeah, if you're not like the one in charge of everything, you're just like, and then they act like babies. And then mm-hmm. they like, they promise that's all. Ugh. Men are just unique creatures. Well, yeah, I'm curious about, are we rolling, by the way? Okay, wait. I'm curious about, um, well, because you're gay. Are you yeah. okay with being openly gay on the I'm, podcast? I'm okay. openly gay, yeah. <laughs> Girl, I can't <laughs> do anything to hide it. I'm openly gay. My aerial tattoo tells me enough for me. Yes, 100%. I was going to say, you come on with your voice, and you're like, no, I'd really like to keep that a private thing. <laughs> no, literally, with my vocal fry, my natural vocal fry, 100%. Okay, so men. my question is, obviously, like, one thing that straight women talk a, a lot about is there's kind of this plague of, like, men who like don't have executive functioning skills and like Mm -hmm. can't run their lives to any degree and then on top of that aren't trying and aren't like aware of that and it's like well in relationships of two men is that like still a problem for me yeah but i also it might also just be like a me thing i sometimes wonder what's your sign i'm a gemini okay are you can do you consider yourself like a type A person? Yes. Because I'm a Capricorn and I think it's not that men are incompetent. I think that I attract incompetent men because I have a surplus of executive executive functioning skills mm-hmm. and like I a lot of times if I like can take on too much of that load in a relationship, I just naturally end up doing that. Yeah, and I want, like, a derby guy. Like, I want, like, I hate that I do, but I want, like, a derby. Oh, wait, that's actually so true, because I was thinking about this recently, that, like, I have met men who are, like, really organized and clean and always thinking ahead and can, like, plan a whole trip and everything, but, like, when I meet those men, my pussy's dry, (laughs) like... Yeah, I have yeah. met your feminist boyfriend, and you can keep him. Like he's yeah. <laughs> he's not my type personally. <laughs> I like wish I liked that. Like in my dating, I feel mm-hmm. like all the guys that I'm like, oh my gosh, you are like relationship material. The second I realize that, I'm like, no, and I'm like, why? Like my body's just like, why are you trying? Like you're not trying. Like stop. Like you, it's gross. I'm like, why? Why did that? Like that shouldn't give me the ick. Yeah. Or like my body will find an ick for it. There are. It's it's so weird because it's like. There are certain qualities that I expect to, I expect that in any relationship that I find that I'm going to be the more type A person because I can't imagine being attracted to someone who is as type A as I am because Mm -hmm. I think it's disgusting. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I expect that I will be the more type A person. It's just like we have to find like some sort of balance. I don't want that natural like power vacuum to occur. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I... Because I'm also a type A, I've always wanted someone really grounding because I'm mm-hmm. I feel like I'm up in the air a lot. Like I like things to be organized and that kind of thing. And I like having order to things, but because I do like comedy and I've been performing my whole life, mm-hmm. I want someone who can help me like ground myself into that. And it feels like all the people who are grounding are are, yeah. are garbage. Oh no, no, no not garbage. <laughs> okay. This Some is are. a non-judgmental zone. But like, but yes, that grounding vibe, that vibe of like a brain that moves at a calmer rate is tends to also happen to be the brain that's like not necessarily thinking about making the reservation yep it's like hard it's and that's like what i want and i Mm -hmm. know that would help me in a relationship 
not in one, but like I know that would help. Someone the grounding help energy ground- or the reservation. Yeah, the grounding, the grounding energy, and you know maybe I'll I can make the reservation. It's fine. You keep me yeah. grounded. Like I'll I'll survive. It's I okay. just want you to. I just want you to once in a while. Yeah, I I, get that. I am totally fine with that kind of stuff being done by me naturally about seventy percent of the time. Mm-hmm. But if it if I go over seventy percent, and a lot of times it's like me just naturally doing stuff, so it's a hundred percent fully my fault that this has happened to me a lot, that this dynamic occurs. If I go over 70%, all of a sudden I'm like extremely dissatisfied. So I have to remember that a lot of times that dynamic comes from me and is initiated by me because if I stepped back and stopped doing that stuff, a lot of times people will start doing it. And it's like hard to believe they will though. It's so hard. Have you lived with roommates where it's like you clean all the fucking time and it's like, I don't know that if I would have waited until tomorrow I would have left it dirty would this other person have cleaned I don't know I don't want to personally mm-hmm. I want a clean space for the rest of the day so I'm gonna clean right now yep. and it's like I know that that's my problem not everyone else has to be on my exact timeline but it's so hard to ever step back and give people the chance to, to like, rise to the occasion yeah because when because <laughs> it I just said win, but like if they don't, you're right, just right, like, right, right. Ah! <laughs> like that. Tracy, yeah, no, I'm a clean and freak. I also hate the idea of like, well, now it feels like I'm setting up a little test for them. That's a secret test that they're gonna walk in tomorrow, and all of a sudden they have failed a test they didn't know yep. about. And what's the alternative? I vocalize the test. Now I'm mommy. Now I'm yeah. Mrs. Jones' kindergarten teacher, and I and that's a problem for me. Yeah. That's very relatable because I'm like, I'm a clean freak. I didn't realize I was a clean freak. I I have like, I didn't realize how bad it was until I like moved out of my house because I was like, oh, my brother's just gross. I'm like, oh no, he's like, <laughs> he is gross. But a lot of people are just like happen to not yeah. be quite as clean as I would. I was always so scared I would be the dirty roommate and I have yet to be the dirty roommate and I'm cool with that. But it does kind of make it hard because then I'm like, if it's not clean to like my standard, then I get upset. But then it's like, if I vocalize how like, I want things all the time. Then it's like, then I'm like the bossy one. It's a really hard dynamic to like work with. And I have been the dirty roommate, but specifically only because I have a weird thing about shared spaces where if a shared space is not going to be like up to my standards of like clean and tidy and comfortable, then I just like fully think of it as like, this is not mine. I have no ownership. Mm -hmm. I have no responsibility. And I just like compartmentalize. So in every house that I've lived in, like my room will be perfect because for my brain to function normally, I just like need that space to be clutter free. Mm -hmm. But then like a shared bathroom, I like will maybe need to be reminded that it's my turn to clean because it's like I already knew we weren't going to be able to keep it clean to my standards. So I mm-hmm. was just kind of like, whatever, this is my dorm bathroom. It's a shared space. I'm actually the same way. But I learned, and I think especially like the more people who live in the house and the more you're not on the same page, the more that. So I will fully cop to the fact that I have been a person who has needed to be reminded to be too clean. I specifically had this one roommate. It was a house of four, but we had the upstairs of the house, okay. the two of us, and we shared a bathroom. And I told her, 
um think not seeing that there was any problem with this i was like i think you're like maybe um more you probably care more about the cleanliness of the bathroom so just like i'll do whatever just um remind me to do it and this was before we knew about like emotional labor and that's actually me saying like you have to be the manager of the bathroom and i guess i'll be your employee occasionally but it's like no that's not equality that's not like helping that's not partner that's not we share this space that's like me like demanding that she's the manager yeah and then when it, it changes the entire dynamic and now yeah. a lot of times i've had a lot of like relationships where i default to be the manager of a lot of different things and i'm like ah this is karma oh my gosh i i can be the man but i've also defaulted manager before i've never thought mm -hmm. of it like that that is so, that's like mind blowing. It's something that comes up a lot in hetero relationships because a lot of times like the, the quintessential classic mom figure is the manager of every facet of domestic life. She's mm -hmm. the manager of meals. She's the manager of children. She's the manager of social life and et, et cetera and cleaning and everything. And then the husband's like, well, I'll just do whatever you want. Just tell me what to do. And it's like, well, no, that's still such an insanely uneven, even if she was managing every facet of life and you were doing all of the on the ground labor that's still in a corporation she would get paid more because mm -hmm. it would be understood that that's more work yeah that i actually have a friend going through a divorce right now and that was a huge thing is he would be like just tell me what to do yeah but then he also wouldn't do it he was just garbage for lots <laughs> of reasons but like that would just tell me yeah. what to do and i'll ignore it <laughs> He would literally, yeah, no, and like, but she had to cook, she had to take care of things. If things got cleaned from him, it was because she told him to do it five times. Yeah. And like a friend was coming over and that's why he cleaned it. Uh, I hate that. They're done now. Thank God. Thank God. They're done. Ooh. Divorce is always great. You know, I have never been so excited for one before in my life. I've never heard about a divorce that was like a bad decision. I haven't either. And she will not regret this one. I feel the same way about breakups because my boyfriend, um, my current boyfriend, we had a period where we broke up. And I, to this day, think that that was an extremely good decision. Our relationship was not good. It needed things changed. So we broke up. And then we just got back together. It's yeah. so easy to get back together if that's what ends up needing to happen. But it's like never the wrong choice to break up. If you're like wondering if you should break up, I'm kind of one of those people who's like, do it. See, see how they change when you break up. A lot of times it makes everything better. <laughs> I mean, but that does make so much sense. I have, I mean, I've done some breakups, but, and I, the only one I've kind of regretted, I don't even know if I regretted it though. I just would be willing to consider things again rather yeah. than like, I, I, cause I couldn't give it the space it needed to. I got the ick that he gave me strep and like, <laughs> and like my least favorite cold <laughs> symptom is a, is a sore throat. Like, do you give me everything but a sore throat and that's all strep is. And I think it was him and I couldn't get it out of my mind every single time I saw him that I was like, he gave me strep. And now I'm like, come what, on, dude. What did the ick come from? Did the ick come from the idea that like he's gross and not conscientious and he's walking around giving people strep without any sort of like, like what, what? Because the ick is like a, it's like a reflexive, yeah. deep animalistic thing well so i i have ocd and i have always had like i get really really scared i'm gonna like die of, like a sickness or something like that mm -hmm. and so that's just kind of like baseline and so then getting strep and i would like woke up at like 3 a.m like my throat like i couldn't swallow and i was like what the fuck i didn't think it was him and then i told a friend that i got it and she was like oh you got it from him and i was like no i didn't she's like look at the timeline of like how you're feeling versus when you made out with him 
Did he have strep? No. Wait. But like nobody else, I also am weird. I will get shit and people will give me things and they don't ever get it. So I think maybe he just like had yeah, a bacteria. Yeah, but also I'm pretty sure you can get strep not just from making out with someone. I'm pretty sure that it's like can be out in the world in locker rooms and such. Like I don't think that just because you've only made out with one person that means he gave you strep. I don't think this man gave you strep, Calvin. Well, you know, well, I'm thinking about texting him again. So like, you know, Text I'll tell him. Text him right now. I can't. Not right now. You're I don't know what I'm going to say. You're pulling out your phone. No. Let the record show that as he was like, I can't. Not right now. Not he pulled right out now. his phone. Not right Because <laughs> I have been debating whether or not my therapist knows about this man. Yeah. I started taking- Does your therapist understand how strep gets passed on? He, I, okay, so he also questioned me on it. But then when I was like, like literally- Because he didn't have strep. He didn't. I texted him and I was like, hey, I have strep. Like, I'm so sorry. And he was like, I don't have any. And I was like- Okay, but how did, and I didn't give it to anybody, like nobody around me got it, so I just kind of assumed he gave it to me and he just like had natural immunity or something to the strep. I don't think that's how that works at all. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm proud to be wrong. Because like, I know that, um, yeah, like a lot, <laughs> I guess most of what I know about strep is like, I have a friend who would like keep getting strep all the time because she was just susceptible to strep, but I, she didn't get it from making out with people because we weren't making out with people. We were like 14. Yeah, and I had a friend who was like that too. I never got, that was my first time ever getting strep. So if you can get strep without kissing people, how do you know it's him? I just, looking back, I didn't, I can't think of anything else I did. I mean, it was like over a year ago now too, but he, I just, the second my friend was like, he probably gave it to you. I like couldn't get it out of my mind. <gasps> So that kind of, it gave me, and I was like, I was like, would he give it to me again or whatever? And so I ended things. That's the power of propaganda, really, when you think about it. Isn't it? Propaganda. Wow. Your friend was orchestrating a psyop. Okay. I actually do think that, okay, our first piece of advice on the pod today is that I think you should text that guy. Literally, my like roommate's going to love to the hear this. The strep is gone. The strep is gone. The and I think your friend doesn't understand how the prop works. No offense. <laughs> I'll tell her that. I'll tell her that literally. Because she, it was just like such an off the cuff thing. And I have been wanting to text him. And my therapist is like, I think you should do it. And I'm going out of town this weekend. So I was thinking about actually texting him when I got back. Yes. And that's like been in my book. I was out of town last weekend too. And so I was like, well, maybe wait until your two weekends where you're kind of back to back. Yeah. Out of town. Wait until like after that. Because if he would be like, oh yeah, let's, let's go on a date. I think it'd be weird to be like, hey, let's go on a date. I'm back in two weeks. Like my schedule will be back to normal then. Figure it out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Scheduling two weeks in advance and sending him like a Google calendar invite is like not sexy. Yeah. I was like, maybe wait until I can have like a little bit more freedom to just be like, oh yeah, like I can change up when I'm going to the gym. Now it's like, if I change up when I'm going to the gym, I'm not going to the gym because I'm out of town this weekend. Yeah. And my body <laughs> issues won't let me not it's go to the gym. so, so. funny. <laughs> I have the same problem with the gym where if I am like traveling for comedy for a weekend, I don't know how why, but if I like don't go to the gym on like Monday, I'll just be like, fuck, well, my whole week shot. I'm like literally not leaving until Thursday. I don't know why. Me. For some reason in my mind, it's like, well, I guess I'm just not going to the gym until next Monday. Yeah, that's I just am like, if it's not like how my plan is, we're type A. If it's not in the plan, I'm upset. Like, come on. I will literally plan out, like, my week in advance, like, with, like, mics versus shows versus the gym. I'm like, we need to make sure all this can fit into the exact way. My, I'd like to have a night to chill. That doesn't happen all the time, but yeah, we try. Same. That's exactly, yeah. Oh, God. Type A people are the best. We um, are. Just not, just I couldn't be around one. I don't have a single, like, <laughs> yeah. like, none of my friends, none of the people I gravitate to share that in common with me because I think that if I was around that energy a lot, I think I would probably start to be like, oh, 
Hmm. Never mind. I have my roommate is type A and, and her and I work, but I think we're type A in different ways. Yeah. So we almost cancel each other out, but the re- a majority of my friends are type B. My two best friends from high school are type B and planning a trip with them is hard because they're both really spontaneous and I'm not. Mm. So I'm like, let's plan this. And I'm like, okay, we'll figure it out. And I'm like, no, like, let's plan You can't it now. be spontaneous if you're your age because you're also like a little poor. They you don't can't care as much. be spontaneous and broke. Spontaneous and broke equates to not doing anything fun for years. Straight up. You know, I... And then you get your tax return and you suddenly go on a trip and you do one fun thing every year when you get your tax return. I do know people who are like, they, I mean, at least we were really, like, we've been smart when we've taken trips, at least with this friend group, is we, like, go to, because all of us grew up in Colorado, but one lives mm. in Florida and one lives in Nashville. And so last year, we all flew to Nashville and we stayed with her. Oh, yeah. And that's cute, And then this actually. year, we did Orlando and we, I mean, we had to do a hotel, but we split it between, like, three people, so it wasn't nearly as much. Yeah. Like, little things like that, we do that to where it's, like, a much more affordable trip. Mm. to help prevent that also because i don't ever want to drop that much i'm my parent i'm i was raised very frugal and so I, I try to stay very frugal so i'm like let's make it as cheap as possible okay i'll stay at someone's house i don't care yeah just don't have bed bugs and we're set and honestly sometimes i've stayed in a lot of hotels i at this point like i it's normal to me to like walk into a hotel fully ex- i do my bed bug check like 20 minute top to bottom bed bug check I have never stayed in a hotel where I didn't walk in and think probably. <laughs> I now will every have time to do I'm that, like, yeah. I'm so like spun- surprised that there's no bed bugs. What a nice treat to start off my trip with. <laughs> have you ever had bed bugs? Like, have no. you ever found them? Yeah. Mm-mm. But I um I can feel that the second I start thinking about them, I'll like feel crying, them on yep. my skin for like two days. <laughs> it's so bad. Okay, wait. Thank you so much for tuning in to help with Hannah Jones. Um, we're filming today in Dude IDK Studios in Denver. Um, thank you to Patreon patrons for supporting this podcast. And my guest in the studio today, um, he is a newer comic. He's crushing it all over the comedy scene here in Denver. Um, put your hands together for Calvin. Read. Oh my gosh! So applause. I'm clapping so much applause, I love, dude. Oh my gosh, the standing ovation that this room just gave me was really <laughs> moving. Um. Okay. So, oh, we've already talked about so much. You <laughs> said there was something that happened in your past week that you wanted to talk about. Um. Yeah. I. You know, actually, I'm going to talk about it today because it drove me crazy. I am trying to get TSA pre-check and be one of those bad bitches. Mm, sexy. I know. I really want it. And my goal is to travel even more with comedy. That's so it's type like, A final evolution. It really, I think the clear is the true. Oh, so is, true. Like, I think I'm the second. Like, it's bul- we were Bulbasaur. You know what's so weird? I don't have TSA pre-check. And I always feel embarrassed when I talk to comics about it because any comic who's working the road has pre-check. And they're like, you're a literal Slavin. Like, you're not a real comic. I was opening for Dave Attell this weekend. And I was uh-huh. telling we were talking about traveling and I was like, yeah, and uh, weirdly enough, I don't have pre-check. And he's like, neither do I. Dave Attell, Dave Attell have- straight up does not have TSA pre-check. And I was like, that's weird, dude. That's weirder for you than it is for me. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, well, when it first came out, I just like didn't want to give the government that kind of information. And he's like, but now I think they probably have it anyway. It's like, also, Dave, you're famous. Like, the government yeah. knows about you. Sorry, your plan to be off-grid isn't going to work because you're famous. Because you're one of the greatest comedians of all time. Did he think that perhaps the government's just, like, that he could live in anonymity Does forever? he have a car? Does he have, like, does he have, like, a home? I don't know. If he has any of those things, I'm the government sure has the same. Home. 
Like, okay, that's true. But like, does he? Is I know he, he dresses no. like that, but like, he has a home. No, but like, if he does, then the government has his information. That's I like filled out my TSA stuff, and I was like, this is all stuff like I've given out. Well, before. yeah, census. And also registering to vote. Does you, he they, vote? Yeah. No, but I think pre-check is like another level of, I don't know. I'm not approved yet. I'm, I'm waiting. I did my appointment today, but they fucking canceled it Damn. as I was walking in the door. I was like, what am I supposed to do? So I just like, I, my goal is, I'm like, I work There should in be a service. cancellation fee for you. They were like, please don't cancel. If you're going to cancel, do it within 24 hours. Girl, I showed up. Y'all canceled within 10 minutes. I don't know what uh, to tell you. Disgusting. Yeah. So I called. I try not to be. I'm not a Karen. I'm not a Karen. But I will call and be like, hey, like this does need to be figured out. Yeah. But I'm not going to be like, hey, you should die. You know, like I, I've worked. I work customer service. So like I know to like, it's not their fault. But like, please help me. <laughs> I'm usually really good. That actually, I I was bad recently. Okay, so I'm usually really good because I fully understand. And if I ever feel myself getting frustrated, I'm pretty in tune with my emotions. And so I'll say, I hope you understand this is not directed at you. I fully understand you're not the decision maker here. I think you could probably empathize with why this is so frustrating for me. So if mm -hmm. you hear my tone, and a lot of times if I realize that I've had a tone, I'll be like, hey, I'll, I'll apologize at the end of the call or whatever. But I like work really hard on that. Um, if you've been listening to the pod, you know that I have the worst landlord in the whole world. So things have gotten worse. And then yesterday, so basically things have gotten so bad. Everything's broken all the time and I leave messages and they don't get responded. And after the first three months of leaving messages and not getting responded, I like leave a message and I record it just for a paper trail. And I'm like, Hey, um, I know no one's going to hear this. I know this messaging line doesn't work, but it's my only way to get in contact with someone. If I have like a question, cause it's it's not like I don't have a maintenance portal. I'm not, it's, I just have like questions about like, when is this thing going to be fixed? Mm -hmm. Like you already know it's broken kind of thing. That's usually what it is. Yeah. I just like need to know, do you have an expectation of when the water is going to come back on? Are there people here working on it? Yeah. Or do I need to make plans to stay somewhere else tonight? Kind of stuff. So I'm always leaving these messages and it's become kind of like a running joke between me, myself and my phone that every time I'm like, I know no one listens to these, but like, ah, never mind, you know? And as I've just gotten kind of like snarky, progressively snarkier and I've never yeah. gotten a response to one of these. I got one response to one very early on and then I stopped getting responses forever. Ew. So at this point, it's like a running joke. Yesterday, I was without heat and without water for forever. And they said, your water will be back on at four. And then at four, it was not on. And they were like, oh, sorry, it's still off. Like they sent out an email to everyone that said the water's still off. And so then it was like six. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like if it doesn't come on, it's probably not coming on. And like I need to make plans for where I'm going to shower because I have like stuff to do that I need to like look presentable for. Yeah. Um, and also like I need drinking water. I'm almost out. So like, <laughs> I need to start making plans. Yeah. So I left a message like no heat no water and i started getting kind of emotional because it had been such a hard day having no heat and water mm -hmm. and it was really cold in denver and i was like this <laughs> i was like i know no one's gonna listen to this i know no one's gonna respond to this because you never respond to this and moving in here was the worst mistake of my life i hate this place go fuck yourself and I will say that was a wrong thing to say. That was an extremely unkind thing to say. I try not to be that person. Mm -hmm. I think that was a wake up call for me that like I need to work harder and not be that kind of person and not let my emotions get the better of me because the person that I was theoretically calling is not the person who was the reason I was without water, you know? Yeah. But I did go into the office the next day. I had a bunch of different questions about all the different things that were broken. And then at the end of the meeting, I was like, also like, why don't I get responses to the 
calls. Like, why can't I call you? Why isn't that a method of communication that is usable? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, uh, you mean your profanity-laden messages that you've been leaving? I was like, I think I've left like one with profanity. I might have used other profanity, like this is shitty in other calls, but I think I only left one with profanity that was inappropriate directed toward you. And I've left like 20 that were perfectly nice. And he's like, well, that's just not how you treat people. That's just not how you get stuff done. And it's like, F- fully like you're right but also like i feel like it's more nuanced than that <laughs> it is more nuanced than that i'm sorry i will i will i'm not for karens except for landlording like you need to be a karen with a landlord because they are not going to respect you enough until you like well do yes I, I do truly believe that like the definition of a karen does not include if you're like yelling at landlords or yelling at cops because mm-hmm. landlords and cops are like fundamentally different yes from the rest of society and, and also just like especially like the climate of renting right Right now like they're mistreating us like it's yeah. i literally one of the changes they recently made is if one of our washers break which our washers are broken near constantly mm-hmm. it's actually like a fun surprise when you can do a load of laundry at my apartment building oh, that's and this most recent time i was like okay like the washer broken again and he's like oh we changed our system so now if you have a problem with the washer you can reach out to the washer company and the number is posted on the sign in the washers. So you don't come here. If you ever have a problem with any of the laundry again, you just go to them directly. I'm like, uh, well, isn't that convenient for Graystar Corporate? Like, <laughs> Yeah, because like- so I'll of- mail them my dead body. I swear to God, this is insane. But like, it's brilliant. It's like, if you can get away with doing that, then yeah, of course, like you can charge me $1,200 a month and provide me with no service. You are lucky enough to own a building Mm -hmm. that you will let fall into the most insane states of disrepair. And, and I just have no other option. Uh, Yeah. Being a landlord, it's like, it's, it's like all of what's wrong with capitalism kind of put into one. And I go home and I draft this long email where I say, you deserve an apology from me. That was an inappropriate thing to say to you. But like at the same time, like I've been so mistreated by the company you work for and you have like it's so weird that you want to consistently deny it. And I know that like you have to deny it to keep your job and this is not the time where you want to quit and whatever. But like can't you at least like look at me with some degree of empathy in your eyes so that I get that like you're on the same page with me here that living here hurts. It's stressful. It's hard. This is when I've it's a very easy year outside of how hard it has been to live where I live. And that's, like, such a fundamental. Like, it's hard to have, like, good mental health when your living situation is hard. Yeah. Like, it's hard to do anything to, like, the level that you know you can when, like, the place you go home to doesn't feel like home, you know, isn't. Like, you should be able to to do laundry. Like, that's, like, like that. we live in a society where you have to, like, have clean clothes to be able to, like, do things. So you should be able to do laundry in the place that you live. Like, that shouldn't be, like, a weird thing. Like, they, you shouldn't have to call the washer. That is so lame of them. And I'm not even, like... To be so frank, like, it's not even, like, nearly... I'm not suffering the most mistreatment out of all the other people that live there. And I think a lot of my, like, uh, frustration comes from things I see happening to other people who have, like, infestations that they're simply not treating. And, like, they they have, like... Shit is always in disrepair. Yeah, that's really bad. And, like, infestations, that affects everybody else. That'll affect them. Like, like, wouldn't you want to, like, have, like, a well-maintained 
property. No, to, like, why would uh, you? You can charge the same amount no matter what because you get people in there because you trick them. Yeah. They're desperate. They have no other options. They have to move quick because Denver's rental market moves really fast now. It does. Why would Ugh. you? To maximize profits, you actually don't want it to be in a good state of repair. Because profits are maximized when you are spending the least amount of money on the building and charging the most that you can get away with. So you are actually incentivized on a financial level to not have the building be a good, nice place to live. That's horrifying. That's know, just that's right? a Black Mirror episode right there. I know. I mean, yeah, it's so fucked up. But I was so bad I was fully a Karen. <sighs> it's hard. You shouldn't with your profanity. Like, sir, my gosh. And you know, like, for a fact, they listened to all 20 voicemails first and were like wow, this person seems really needy. And then the one time you're like, yeah. hey, fuck you. They're like, that was crap. Like, I get that. Cause it's like, I don't want someone to say that to me too, but it's like, it is much more nuanced than that person. And they like, no, empathy goes a long way. And like I, every single customer service job I've had where I've like tried to practice empathy, way less people get mad at me. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, that does suck. And 100%. they're like, oh, they're like, oh, thank you for but saying that. But a lot that. of times empathy means saying, I know that they're fucking you over. And like, I've taken that risk in a lot of jobs and I know that that's also technically a fireable offense. So it's like, okay, to a certain extent, I do understand that your job, like part of your job involves lying to me about what's happening mm -hmm. here and gaslighting me. And like, you need the paycheck just as bad as I need my paycheck. So, uh, yeah, I was bad. These situations are complicated. I'm trying to be better. But also, if you or anyone you know works for Graystar Corporate, headquartered in Austin, Texas, I hope you absolutely die in the most violent death possible and i gotta say i stand i gotta say i get that i stand um because that I is actually horrible. my goal for this year is to talk enough shit publicly about the property management company that i get like a scary letter in the mail and i hope you do i hope they're like cease and desist and it's like you get your be better Mm -hmm. Like, you, it's just, like, so, it's so gross. Like, how do you feel like you can go to bed at night knowing you're, like, making so many lives, like, so many people's lives harder? Like, that's just, like... Well, because the people who are actually making the people's lives harder, like, he goes to bed at night, the guy that I was talking to goes to bed at night thinking, I need a paycheck, this is a hard job, and everyone's mean to me. And mm -hmm. it's like, you know, and corporate sucks, and fair enough. The people who work at corporate never talk to us. And they never enter the building. They live in Austin fucking Texas. Isn't it so convenient That's how weird. they are fully insulated from the effects of their decisions? They never have to look me in the eye. They never have to look my apartment in the eye. Like that's the just, eye of my apartment. <laughs> the, eye, the eye of the apartment. You can't look through the people. It just like made like... I don't know. And maybe it's because I've like tried to like think like, oh my gosh, moral, moral high ground here. But like, I like try and think about like the bigger picture with that. Cause like my goal is to try, I like want to leave the world with a bit like in like with more positivity. Like it's so like basic, but like I'd rather spread positivity. And That's I'd like so to think Selena that like, Gomez of you. I know. <laughs> That's I know. so rare beauty of you. <laughs> it is. And like rare beauty is expensive, but it's good. No, I just like can, I don't know. It's just like, that's like the, the vibe I want to do. So I feel like I try and think about that where I'm like, okay, well, if I didn't do this and I used to work in insurance and I would blatantly on the phone be like, oh yeah, they're like screwing you over. I'm really sorry. Yes. Like I would literally be like, damn, like they really, really messed you up. And now I have a completely different view of like that entire sector of the world because of it and it's just like oh okay like oh wow like they're really not there to help you like they're there to help you if you paid them like yeah. this like certain way and like oh it's just it gives me such an icky feeling i'm like how do you not in a manager position you're telling people to do that like i just can't picture how like like those corporate people can't just like think oh yeah 
like maybe they're just not told anything maybe ignorance is bliss but it's just i cannot comprehend it well they also like that's the way to to make that amount of money generally like you either have to get really lucky and be obscenely skilled in one specific department and get lucky because you're so good at a thing that's fulfilling to you and that is also ethical or most of the time you have to work for a company and you may or may not believe in what they do but all the money really convinces you yeah. Like there's a psyop going on that's convincing you that you are a landlord of a bunch of ungrateful tenants who are mean and fucked up and like they can't just go to a laundromat. <laughs> like <laughs> literally and like laundromats I'm like y'all like I get washers and dryers are expensive. I don't know. I just and I feel like laundromats have been around for a while, but I just I'm like I feel like you should be able to be able to like wash your clothes where you put them. Like, that should just be, like, a thing. We live in a very developed... Well, we, we live... Okay, well, we live in a developed country. I feel like we should be able to have, like, stuff like that. Speak for yourself. I live in Glendale. <laughs> Glendale. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Are you ready to get into questions? I'm so sorry. This no, is second. So You're so easy to talk to. Okay. We've gotten into a lot so far. A couple of announcements before we get into questions. I have shows coming up. Um, When this comes out, we'll be right before my Des Moines trip. The Des Moines ticket link are up. That is a big room. And I don't have a lot of followers in Des Moines. So if you're a follower and you know someone in Des Moines, send something to them and say, hey, this girl, this could be a fun night out. Um, December, Tucson, Bisbee, and Flagstaff. Those ticket links are up. I'm just waiting for Flagstaff. But if you're in a city anywhere and you want to come see me, sign up for my text list. You'll get one text once when the ticket link goes live for your city. Number two, this podcast is sponsored by the Patreon. Patrons have first priority to get their questions answered, and they receive a bonus episode every month. It's only $3 a month. There's four already up on the Patreon, as well as long-form um, audio and video of my stand-up. If you want to ask a question to get answered in a future episode, you can find the link to that form in the podcast description or in my link tree on any social media platform. And number four, I am switching up the format of this podcast a little bit. Um, it's been so fun so far and the listenership is like steadily growing and I'm starting to get people saying like I binged all the episodes and like they were so fun and that is like so rewarding because with a podcast, it's not the same as like social media content where you just immediately get a fuck ton of comments. It's mm -hmm. like like, a, the, there's like a lot of radio silence and then all of a sudden we'll be like oh yeah I've listened to every episode and I love it and it's like that whoa that's crazy I didn't know you were there I didn't <laughs> um, I mean that is so every podcast you discover I feel like you kind of like you go in really deep and then you become yeah. a more regular listener I mean I've been a silent listener of so many podcasts there's no way they'd know that I listened to their podcast other than like the number on the screen yeah. but basically we've gone through 136 questions already and that's so fun the fact that you guys even ask me questions and trust me with your life's issues makes me feel so happy but every time that i post um i get less and less questions in there are two interpretations for this one you could say that i'm potentially like have a plateau of engagement and relevancy totally fair interpretation i like to think the second option is that perhaps i've just answered so many of your questions that like you've gotten so many good advice and your lives are perfect now and you don't need any more advice because bad stuff isn't happening it's and you're not one. confused anymore that's what i it's thought that one mm -hmm. so basically i'm gonna be <laughs> 
switching it up. If I get questions, there will still be questions in the episode, but I'm not going to be like needy on my Instagram stories. Like, please ask questions, you guys, please, um, anymore. And we'll just start like having other segments. We'll just like talk about random shit in our lives and, um, and stuff like that. So the format will change week to week. We'll see if you guys like it. If you don't like it and you liked the questions, then ask me some questions. <laughs> and that's how we can get some questions. Okay? Beautiful. Sound good. Okay, so this is a listener-submitted question. Um, my boss keeps telling me she doesn't like the tone of my emails, and I'm like, it's just an email girl. Who is in the wrong? How can women get ahead in the workforce if we are policing each other's tones? Signed, Nasty Attitude Girl. That is an amazing question. Mm-hmm. I work in corporate America right now, and I have literally had that email thing so many times. Me too. Oh my gosh. And here's the thing. I don't think this is... So you say like, who's in the wrong? Both of you. Because like, she has such a narrow view of like, what's acceptable to say that she's just going to be consistently disappointed as she moves throughout the world and she can't just like read an email at face value. On the second hand, all feedback is helpful feedback, even if it's critical feedback. Assuming she's not like being extremely mean and being like uh, a, a manipulative, or, or assuming she's not making your workplace feel hostile and she is just genuinely giving you the feedback of like your tone is not acceptable, that is helpful because for the rest of your life, until you're literally old, you're going to be emailing old people. Mm-hmm. Most of the people that you're writing emails to are going to be older than you. 100%. For the rest of your work life and like straight up they all kind of agree on what's acceptable tone and like I've gotten emails from my one of my freelance clients that I am kind of an assistant to will, you know, send me back like that tone was not necessarily appropriate for the person that you are specifically and he'll rewrite my email in red and say like this is the kind of language I'd want you to use in the future and it's like that's actually been so helpful for me as I email other old people for comedy. Mm -hmm. When I'm talking to young people, I feel like I'll just say what I need to say. But like, sometimes you gotta be like, happy Monday, nice to meet you. (laughs) Dude, an email is a very, it's another language. It takes Mm -hmm. time to like figure out. And I had this one boss at my first job out of college she was the rudest emailer and mm. we would all talk about it. And I even tried to reflect and be like, is this my internalized misogyny telling me that like she doesn't email something? And then I would talk to everybody else in the office and they're like, no, it literally sounds like she hates you in an email. And it's so weird, but it like caused us all to have like a rift. I mean, she ended up also being horrible at her job and like doing other really bad things yeah. that like kind of added to it. But it was just like, I could communicate with everybody else in the office really, really well. And every single time she emailed me, I thought I was doing something wrong. Like, and it was just weird, but it's like, it's a language. It's like very, it's it's interesting. Yeah. There are conventions with like your tone. There's ways to speak that are right and that are wrong. And like, ultimately knowing that you are coming across as cunty, whether or not that is fair. I think a lot of times, especially in comedy, I would like, uh, if if someone thought I was a bitch, I was just like, well, that's not fair. I didn't do anything wrong to them. I didn't blank. And it's like, I finally got to the point where it's like, 
If someone thinks I'm a bitch and I become aware of that, that is helpful feedback for me. That is a helpful data point about how I am coming across in different circumstances. I do not necessarily need to tweak who I am to fit every single person's perception of me. But if I am consistently getting data points reporting that I'm being perceived as a bitch, I got to figure out why that is or the rest of my life is going to be hard for no reason. And that is true. And like, I feel like something like even an email, it's like one of those things where it's like, we'll, we'll fight the man, we'll fight the power. I think emails might be a little bit lower on the priority list for it. Like I'm okay kind yes. of spicing it. Like I write, I, mean, I write a good email. Now I do though. I'm proud of my emails, but I literally will have a million people proofread them. Cause I just like, I'm like, you know what? I'd rather like, there are other ways I'd rather change the world. Like I'm okay being a little bitch and like kind mm-hmm. of giving up my email thing. Cause it's like, I do under, it, it's like, it's just more, it's more fluffy language is all oh, it, it yeah. is. Never die on the hill of uh, something small. Never yeah. die on a molehill. Like we'll change when we change the world at some point. I don't know when, but like when when we when the revolution happens, yeah. we can change emails. We can make that on the list. But like, we'll focus on other things. I'm I'm willing to change that. Like, and it is good feedback because you're right for like comedy and stuff. I now feel way more confident reaching out to people for comedy. Like I've reached out to people in other states, and I'm like, hey, but because I feel confident in how I write an email, it's like I actually don't think they're going to take me at anything other than the value. Like, yeah. at, like what I'm saying. And I will say that every time someone tells you how they're perceiving you. They represent probably five people who had the same experience and didn't vocalize it. That's a way they, to think about like, it. Like one data point probably represents five data points. Yeah. If you think true. about like every person that compliments you, same thing. They probably represent five people who also were thinking positive things but never said it. So to answer your question, she's in the wrong because she sounds kind of like cunty. Like I don't like your tone is so like, uh, mom, get out of here. Yeah. But at the same time, she's giving you helpful feedback. And I think you should generally, if you can, very early on in your career, learn how to be genuinely grateful for any and all feedback, even feedback that is dumb and stupid. Because some of it will be. Like if no one else has ever told you there's a problem with the tone of your emails, then maybe there's not a problem. Yeah. But also maybe she's just the first person who's actually vocalized it and everyone else has been like, no, my girl's a bitchy emailer. It also goes a really long way. I've realized this just recently. It goes a really long way to do like the two seconds of self-reflection because a lot of people aren't incapable of that. So if you're Mm -hmm. willing to just do that, you might – because she might be totally in the right. Her emails might be just fine and that boss might be – like totally weird for saying that but if you took the time to think of it to think about that for yourself it could help you in future relationships when if you go back on a fight you're like well how did i take this it will just like help no matter what it's also like this is so hard because and i've told so many like women in comedy this um i genuinely do believe that this is genuinely good advice and it hurts my heart because it feels so much like misogyny to say so but like you have to remember that you cannot socially mimic the men around you in comedy. You cannot make the same jokes that they are making. It will often be perceived as cunty when it wasn't perceived as cunty when they did it. You cannot assume the same level of familiarity. When two men meet each other, they are on a higher level of familiarity than when you meet and at the same time. Like, you just, you, yeah, you cannot, like, Of course it's unjust, but if you know that you will always be perceived as more cunty for anything reasonable that you do, you should still move through the world wanting people to not think that you're a cunt because people thinking you're a cunt is like the number one thing that will make your life harder. People thinking that you're a cunt will be a far greater burden on you for the rest of your life than having to rewrite every email. I would rather rewrite every email that I send 
then have to deal with a majority opinion of me as a bitch. And that is just like, and that's, that is a very uniquely like female problem that like, like, cause I mean, I, if I have an attitude, people think it's funny, <laughs> right? Like, like if I do it, they're like, oh, he's spicy. He's a spicy gay. Interesting. But, so it's like, it's like misogyny is just awful. Cause it's like, well, there's also homophobia. That you true, have like, to homophobia put up is also yeah. like super not great either. You know, like we don't like, we don't stand either. We don't like either in this room, in this household. But yeah, like that, cause I, cause that is just something different where it's like, cause it like talking, like I can't talk to the male, to the straight male comics the same way that, that they do too. Yeah. But it's like a different way. If I did their, like it, it's, I can't talk to the, talk like them in, in a similar way to women, but it's, it's different because I'm still like, a guy but they just like take me at a different level it's just it's very yeah. interesting how it's like similar it's, it's like why women and gay people just like click so well it's like there's a deeper question at all times of like when do you want to really dedicate your life to changing the rules and when do you want to just like spend a little bit of time learning how to play it by someone else's rules because you can only you only have enough energy and time in your life to really change maybe a couple of rules mm -hmm. especially if you want the effects to be broad so d just remember that you're gonna have to acquiesce to like most of them and I, I and kind of like if you're trying to just like put the better energy out into the world you're already doing a lot like you're already doing so much if you're at least like trying because you're never going to accomplish everything. So if you're like, if it, if in some cases you're like, let me learn how to play the game a little bit, you have to learn how to play the game to be able to beat the game. Yeah. So it's like, and it sucks and it's stupid, but it's like, sometimes you do have to learn the game to be able to be like, yeah, this is a dumb game. I learned, <laughs> I did learn how to play. It's actually really dumb. It's so much easier to talk about how dumb the game is when you're standing on the pedestal. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as if you're literally at start, you're going to be like, this game is stupid. And everyone's going to be like, okay, yeah, bitch, we get it. Like, <laughs> like, oh, like literally. And it's like, yeah, it might be stupid, but like, you don't know. You don't know how dumb it is. You haven't, you really don't know. It is stupid. <laughs> you're right. But nah. yeah. Yeah, emailing sucks. I, I wish every day that I could just like express my ideas clearly because I think I'm generally pretty good at that. But in email, it's not about expressing your ideas clearly. It's mm -mm. just about playing by their little game. It is literally about how can you be nice. Like yeah. that is like you, like if you're trying to get a point across an email, girl, you're already doing the email wrong. Just think, be nice. If a point gets across, that's awesome. But like, and it's so dumb because it's like the point of emails was to like make getting points across easier. Yeah. My gosh, it's because they're sensitive. Yeah. Okay, so because that was like a workplace question, I then went on Reddit and I looked up some Am I the Asshole posts about the workplace. I'm so excited. Because I love, that's my favorite genre of Am I the Asshole is like coworker disputes. And I found this one that is absolutely fucking insane. So I have to read it to I'm you. I'm so excited. Okay. okay. Am I the asshole for telling coworker that his wife isn't that pretty? <laughs> okay. I, 22 female, have been at my workplace for almost two years now and get along well with most of my colleagues. We regularly go out on every other weekend and have activities which most of our colleagues join into, including my colleague Max, 33 male. Max is a very outgoing guy, extroverted and has been at my workplace the longest six years as the turnover here is quite fast. Do you work at a restaurant? This sounds like you work at a restaurant. Okay. Yeah. I get along well with him and would consider him my best friend at work. I'm in love with him. No. Um, 
We share banter and have a good laugh and have similar extroverted personalities. Max regularly attends the work activities and is the life of the party and workplace. His wife of 10 years used to come to the activities sometimes before I joined the workplace, but no longer does since having a baby a while back. What really, so he's out drinking all the time and she does not. She's home with the baby. I love this so far. Okay. What really annoys me is how Max always puts his wife on a pedestal. <laughs> it's insane behavior. <laughs> yeah, girl. What? It's, it's almost like she's the one person he picked to spend his life with. He's always going on how she, about how she is the best cook, has the best look slash figure he has ever seen. A simple conversation between colleagues regarding which celebrity we fancy oh british okay would be nah man no one beats my wife's in terms of looks who is the best looking in the workplace nah no one here i've got really high standards have you seen my wife some of our colleagues have agreed with him saying that his wife is really gorgeous but i'm sure they are just humoring him Oh my God. We were going through each other's videos on TikTok when another coworker commented to Max his wife resembled an anime character. She's slim, long black hair, and Asian. And I joked that she's not that pretty. Pfft. Max got offended and retorted that she doesn't need fake eyelashes and fake hair to look passable and that he understood why I needed them. <laughs> incredible response wow i got angry and told him to piss off since then max has not been speaking to me and makes passive aggressive comments am i the asshole yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah unfortunately babe you are <laughs> the twists and turns that this take are so funny because it's like you're so insane and delusional she didn't write in to be clear and everyone already told her that she's the asshole 100 okay, but like the fact that she's like uh, Max and I get along so great, but it's weird how he likes his life so much. It's like, you are in love with Max. Yeah, you like Max. <laughs> you it's work okay. a restaurant job. He's the older one at that restaurant job. You guys all go out together. No one likes each other that much, but everyone's a little bit floundering. Your workplace should not have a turnover where the person who's worked there the longest, it's only been six years. That is a, such a uniquely bad sign. That is a very bad sign. Also, if it is a restaurant, we all had a crush on the older server bitch. We all yeah. did. I remember mine. He was he was part of my coming out journey. He was so hot. He was the older server. We all know we all mm -hmm. had them. It's okay. But you can't say more of a chef kind of gal. Sorry. <laughs> that is so ratty. I fully dissociated thinking about the chef of the restaurant that I worked at when I was 20. Okay. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. That I just do love that like it, it kind of sounds like Max is going to be a dickhead. And then it turns out that Max is like so nice to his wife. And he's every time anyone has a conversation about anything, he's like, well, still not as great as my wife. Am I right, guys? That's the kind of derpy husband I want. I uh, want someone to be like, oh my gosh, but my husband, like, yeah, talk about me. Yeah. Like, yeah, you should. I literally, I, well, not for me, but like, she gave birth. To, with like a child you the least you can do is like compliment her behind her back that's like actually the bare minimum straight up and i also am like one of the weird hills that i will die on in a relationship and i told this to my current boyfriend like really early on it's like straight up if you say unflattering or unkind things to me to, about me to other people i view that as a more intense betrayal than cheating 
Okay. Like by a factor of 10 times. I don't know okay. why I'm not very like physically jealous or possessive, but the idea um, of you sort of like humiliating me in that way. Well, and especially a big part of that is because we're both comics. So we have such a large overlapping group of um, yeah. mutual acquaintances that it's like if you were to say anything unflattering about me or just anything that like was maybe neutral but not well thought out, you could be affecting other people's opinions of me. Mm -hmm. That is true. I, I don't know. I just, because it's also like, why are you with this person if they're like the butt of your joke all the time? And you can't exactly. even like, there's a difference between making fun of like your partner in stand up because odds are they've seen those jokes and odds are they've like approved of some of them. Well, or something in our like that. relationship, if I think of a joke about him, I tell it to him first and he gets veto power. No questions asked. And, and that's, same that's for so me. valid. And it like, but that changes it up where it's like when it's with your friends, it's different. Uh -huh. Like, cause it's like, those are like, like, I, you're, cause you don't want to be the butt of a joke. Like, you don't want to be like an inside joke for like one of your like person like that. You're, I, I very much get where you're saying where it's like, that's like, it's an ick. Like, yeah. it, like it's, it's gross. Like it's gross to like, why would you want to talk about your partner? There's a difference between ranting and like constantly being the butt of a joke and like humiliating someone behind their back. Like there's a yeah. big, like everybody deserves to rant, but not everyone. Like you, you should But like do I that. told him that like, if you need to blow off steam about our relationship, like if I need to blow off steam about our relationship, I'm talking to my non-comic friends 100%. and same to you. You call your friends back home. You're not talking to anybody in Denver because he only knows comics in Denver. Or like, okay. you, I guess you could talk to your coworkers at the car dealership about like w whatever problems you're having with me. Fine, totally, whatever. You just can't talk to anybody that I know about it because that will affect my life in ways that are like unfair to and me. That, and when you have a big like overlapping circle, that is like super valid because you're right. Like the Denver comedy scene is big, but it's small. Yeah. So it's that like, and people will will kind of like know and resonate with that. And also whenever you're ranting about something, there are two sides to every story. Like my totally. best friend, when she rants about, like when she rants to me about her boyfriend, uh, yeah, I don't like him. Like, fuck that. But like, it's because I like, you're my, you're my person, bitch. So it's like, I'm going to obviously be yeah. for you. And so it's like, but it's that's like so the job of that to friend. Be blindly loyal i love it dude i whenever i think about like because that friend will literally could literally tell me anything that that boyfriend's doing and i'm just like if it's anything but worshiping the ground you walk on then i don't want to hear it he'll like like she'll even tell me like points that he'll bring up that like are very valid and i'll find something yeah that'd be like no like you're in the right it's like well of course you went through his phone of course you put a knife to his fucking neck because that was a reasonable response to what he was doing yes and of course with that knife to the neck you cut just enough for it to bleed yeah. to let him know that yeah that's girl do it that's you telling him that your relationship is on the line that's you making him be serious about stuff and that's on girl power and <laughs> I will support that that's the kind of shit I support but don't make me the butt of the joke because yeah. yeah because rant, ranting is normal That because it'll like you need to rant that's like a very normal thing but yeah you don't rant to like the friends that you have in the same circle like that's weird yeah well and also just like i i think a lot of times there i i just like i was so upfront about it because i was like i feel like there's a very high degree of chance that like if you weren't thinking about how important this is to me and if i didn't make it clear how important this is to me you could say something that like is very neutral mm -hmm. and like isn't necessarily like a mean joke about someone but because of like my insecurities like would hurt me so much 100 and that's and that is valid and also with the comedy thing it's also like a male dominated scene so it's like the second they feel like i feel like the second 
a woman is not perfect or something like that. There is still that. And so there's like that. I also told him. I was like, the the weird thing about like a relationship in comedy, especially a hetero one, and I've told this to other girls who have dated comics, is like, you have to remember that like whatever happens in the relationship will affect more negatively on you. Mm -hmm. Like I'm dating a younger comic right now. And when young comics, when young girl comics date older dude comics, 100% of the time it's like oh she's not that serious about comedy she's just like in it to fuck male comics which like first of all like why no one's in anything to fuck male comics fucking male comics happens for one reason and one reason only and that is desperation Mm -hmm. (laughs) like on a broad level no Mm -hmm. one's seeking out that group for fucking but like no one has would ever say about my boyfriend like oh he's not that serious about comedy he just like was trying to get with people like obviously not no like that didn't even that wouldn't even cross like someone's mind and yeah you're right you haven't in the scene longer so if it was flip-flop so it's just like and that's something that you know like i feel like you know we as like a male species kind of need to be like aware of is the fact that like there's always going to be it's it's the same thing with like white supremacy where it's like there's always just going to be like a natural power like dynamic imbalance that like you kind of have to equate for for everything because that foundation was laid you kind of have to just like be aware of it. And so, but your boyfriend's cool. Yeah. He's chill. He's chill vibes. He is. He's a car salesman. That's his worst quality. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's so good at it. Good it's for good. him. I cannot sell shit. That is, I truly, I could, I would get fired as a car salesman so quickly. Unless it was Honda. I could sell a Honda. I love Honda. They're my favorite car brands. Same. I'm a slut for a Honda. I drive a Civic from 2010. Good for you. I drive a HRV. And I grew up with Hondas. I grew up in a Honda van. I grew up in a Toyota family. So I felt sacrilege. Wow. And I had a Tacoma and a Sienna were my first two cars that I bought. And so then when I switched to Honda, I was like, but I looked at Camrys. I just couldn't find as good of a deal. Well, so I was looking for a very narrow narrow range of years where they like were making some of the most reliable engi- engines that have thus far been made, but things weren't as computerized yet as they are now. Mm-hmm. So repairing is still a lot cheaper than it yeah. is ne- on more recent years. So yeah, I'm kind of a car girl. I, whenever I've, I've shopped for two cars and I did months of thorough research. We're the same. <laughs> I, we are. I didn't really, I knew we had like similar thoughts on life, but I didn't realize we both, are, I did Straight the research. Up. I knew that I was like, this is like, and now people ask me questions about subcompact SUVs. Call me a straight man. Cause I will give you all the answers. Same. I will tell you the size of the engine. I'll tell you the perks, the everything on I want to SUVs. run a business with you I feel like we could work so well together specifically everything would be handled everything would be handled handled 100% St- filing taxes with you would be a piece of cake see filing taxes <laughs> really stresses me out I went to H&R Block for the first time ever and like the lady wasn't as detail oriented as I was expecting her to be so I was telling her I was like ma'am you did miss this and I'm like did, why am I like and I was like she's I'm paying her to do my taxes and I would literally be like you got that date wrong oh my like, god can you please fix that date and like that was painful and i was like but i don't want to do my taxes but like do i have to do my taxes because i can't let anybody else do them that's how a lot of things are for me okay we do have to wrap up calvin where can people find you this uh episode will come out next wednesday next wednesday okay um yeah so what do you have going on i have a show at the launch cafe and cocktails next saturday Slay. So that works out well. And then that's a Denver show. The Den- yes, in Denver, launch cafe and cocktails. It'll be a fun show. And then the week after that, um, also in Denver, I'll be doing Mother Tucker, like, yeah, Mother Tucker Brewery. I'll be doing a show there. Fun. I cannot wait alone for the name, Mother what's Tucker. Your, what's your social media? Um, my Instagram is at Calvin Reed. 
C-A-L-V-I-N-R-E-I-D underscore. And then my Twitter, I don't forgot, but my in my TikTok is at Calvin R underscore because Calvin Reed was taken. And I am at <laughs> Hannah Jones Cool absolutely everywhere. Sign up for the Patreon, submit a question or even just like a topic you want us to talk about. Like I said, we're getting loose with the format. So submit anything at the link in the description of this podcast. That's where you can find any of the links of anything that has been mentioned. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a good day.